Here's to you, dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Metal Gear Monday's Revengeance. Now, I'm going to stop right there because today is a special episode. This episode is part of our Haunted Halloween mini season that we are releasing in addition to our regularly scheduled programming. I'm your host, Warren Minix. And I wouldn't dare do this alone. With me, as always, is our tour guide on Edwards Island, Tori Cortez. How are we doing, Tori? I am so genuinely spooked right now. <laughs> I know, like, here's the thing. I think you even busted that uh, that toy that plays with your voice out before, and I'm still genuinely surprised about it. Good. That's the whole point. Now, we also have our boat captain, Mr. Appalachia Jack himself, Mr. Chris Hampton. How we doing, bud? That's Jim Jack to you, buddy. <laughs> uh... You know, uh, it's been a roller coaster of emotions this week. Yes, uh, it has. God, we could go into it, I think. If but, you want to, man, I will never stop you. Let's just like, say, this is- <laughs> at this moment, I'm recording with uh, ice on a broken toe that's elevated on this desk, and uh, we're just happy to be here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Now, today is also special, not only because it's our haunted Halloween season, but we're also joined by a special guest today. It is Nate Peterson from the Food Review UK. Now, I'll do a quick welcome to Nate. How are you doing, sir? I am good, sir. <laughs> so, what's special about Nate, not only do I love him dearly, but Nate is also starting a brand new podcast that will be, by the time this releases, a few weeks into the campaign... And he is starting a Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Dice and Desire. So, Nate, I'm going to give you a couple minutes. Ooh. I want to hear a little bit about Dice and Desire. What I do love before you get started, something we had talked about. He, as a teaser, released character creation for each person. So they spent time sort of developing their backstory, rolling for their, their initiatives, things of that nature, for their traits. And they were able to talk about it separately before any of the campaign even started. It's sort of like a sizzle reel, which I loved. So, Nate, give us a little taste of uh, Dice and Desire. What are we looking forward to? Uh, Dice and Desire is, yeah, it's an actual play podcast. Um, five of us, well, six, six of us, five players and myself started playing Dungeons and Dragons in, in March. And we thought this would be fun if we just you know recorded this and threw it out there. Uh, as a podcast, uh, turns out there's a lot of people that do the same. So we're definitely <laughs> stepping into a, a very uh, busy pond of, of, of accounts. Um, but no, it's 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 been fan, uh, fantastic so far. Those introductions that you're you, you're talking about, loved doing those. They were they were great fun, um, and something that a lot of uh, a lot of shows don't seem to do. They seem to go straight into the show, and you, you've got to play catch up. So we thought it'd be a nice idea to get people to learn about the players, learn about the characters that you're going to be hearing about. Um, and also, like you said, a bit of sizzle. It meant that we had a bit of content before we had any real true content. Yeah. So we could just sort of lead in, in into the show. Um, as you say, by the time this goes out, we're probably about four episodes deep into it where things are starting to get a little bit crazy because, um, as you know, Warren, one of our mutual friends, uh, Michael Jameson, who plays, is... He's not the he's not the most sane of people in real life. Um, no, <laughs> and and if you 
And if you give him a stage where he can be a fantastical creature doing pretty much anything he wants, he will he will take that liberty as far as he possibly can. Um, yeah, he's he's a madman. I don't know. I don't know why we asked him to play. To be honest, <laughs> without calling out, because I, yeah, I was going to say again. <laughs> I spend. I can't tell you how much time I spend planning for every single session, and it's all undone by just one thing he does. I mean, there's always got to be one of those, right? I believe it. I totally believe it. I can't. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish I could tell you that the, when we the first game that we played in March, the very first time any of us had ever played Dungeons and Dragons, I wish I could tell you what he did. I'll tell you off air what what his very first yeah. action in the game was. It was it was foul, and <laughs> of course it was. And we still let him play. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it's re- it's really good fun. It's it's a learning experience for us. So you know, anyone out there who wants to give us a listen, then please do. But please be aware that we are very new to the game, and and you know, there's, there's going to be some errors made and some you know some things dropped and forgotten about. But uh, ultimately, we're having a good time. We hope that comes across to listeners and that they have a good time listening to it as well. Uh, yeah, so that's in that's- some ways that's more fun, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, listening to some guys I, bumbling through trying to figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been since we started this podcast. I've been trying to listen to other small shows that do the same, just to a to help them out. Because what I will say, one of the things we've I've found on on Twitter in particular is um, the Dungeons and Dragons community. I'm sure there's exceptions, but the Dungeons and Dragons community is really inclusive, really supportive. Everyone wants everyone else to succeed. Like there doesn't seem to be people that are knocking you down. Everyone seems to want to share your stuff and and help you out. And we're the same. So I've been I've been listening to some other shows and trying to review them and trying to give them a help up because I think that's something we were talking about off air was you know about helping each other out and. Sure. And and I've been listening to shows and there's some that are just really polished and they're great because they're polished, but it's it's hard to get a connection because there's there's less fun and less stupidity. Or I don't think that's the right word, but you know, you, you, it, it, it <laughs> No, feel, you're right. It feels like I'm listening to a show, whereas when I listen to other other people where I can tell that they're just friends having a good time, I feel like I want to listen to that more because I I don't know where that's gonna go. Um, whereas when it's too polished and too edited, you wonder how much have they actually cut out? Have they actually cut out some of the errors that might have been funny and, and let's go? So, yeah, it's um, so far it's been great recording, um, and we've got some really creative people doing some artwork. Stuart doing some songs that you're going to be hearing on some of the episodes. Yes, um, excellent. Oh my God, I can't wait to hear. I gotta. I'm gonna have to like pick what's due because I'd love to collab on some stuff for that. I, I, I promise, Warren. When you listen to episode two, which comes out tomorrow as we're recording there's a recap song at the beginning and it is chef's yes. it is chef's kiss it is beautiful <laughs> oh that's fantastic i can't wait i can't i love Stu's the best i love Stu. no he's the second he's, can- he's the second best Real quick, course, before course, yes. we uh, move on where can your podcast be found so yeah you can find us on itunes spotify we're on stitcher for the one person that listens to us on stitcher um <laughs> that might be me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that I, might be me. If it might be you, it definitely is you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've done I've done a couple because I've Spotified them on the character episodes. Oh, oh okay. gotcha. Um, so yeah, pretty much pretty much anywhere. I don't think there's any ones that are noticeable left out of it. So we try to cover as many bases as possible. Um, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, di- yeah. Dice I'm excited. I'm excited to give that a listen. Maybe it'll uh, renew my interest in Dungeons and Dragons. It's very. It's very. 
Um, current, I think. I, I don't know if the whole world, it feels like a lot of people are into it at the moment. It seems to be having a major resurgence. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's, what's key to that. I don't know if it's that there's been celebrities playing it. So it feels like, because obviously nerd culture has been around for a little while now. So I don't know why it sure. would now necessarily have its resurgence when we've been, you know, able to nerd out for, for years. Um, a long time. Maybe yeah. it's, we just need it now more than ever. Escapism. I'm a, I'm a big advocate <laughs> of escapism and Dungeons and Dragons yeah. is totally that because you're given nothing apart from a rule book. You, you've, it's all in the mind. It's all in the words. It's, you know, you've not got a board game. You've got nothing telling you exactly what you're doing. Really. Right. Um, and you, yep. So you've got possibilities, really, just endless possibilities. Yeah. As I said there, I, I can plan. I've been planning the session we're running now. I've been planning since. I would say April or May, like reading, trying to learn everything, trying to learn the characters, et cetera, et cetera. And it can just go out the window when they do something just idiotic or inspired. <laughs> um, yeah. And you just, you can't be prepared for that. There's no way I can be prepared for every single choice that they make. Sure. Correct. Yeah. Especially after episode one with MJ and I can't wait for episode <laughs> two. <laughs> the man. Gosh, now I, I have to go listen right now. Yeah. I love it. Listen guys, I I'll be it. back in what, an hour, an hour and a half? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, uh, I, can, I can't imagine this being too, too long just because of the length of the game. Now, before we get started for the actual game, though, Tori, do you have a mystery patron that you would like to give a little shout out to? Morin, you know I do. Of course you do. Can we get a little um, MGMR ASMR with Tori Cortez, though? MGMR ASMR. Yeah, just a little light, just real subtle. Those are letters mm. I never thought I'd be saying in this order. <laughs> When I hear, there it is. A little, a little closer, a little more. Oh yeah, there it is. Very subtle, very nice. What did I sign up for? Warren, I've, Warren, I've <laughs> got to say, I don't appreciate your commentary on this one. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, I do. All right, I have here a little piece of paper with a name on it. Oh Nate, yes, we, is that what it we is? We shout out a random patron every episode just to. Um, let everyone know that we love them. We heart them for their contributions, and in our eyes, they're all special in their own ways. Does the does the patron go back into the into the pot? So could could they get called out like back to back weeks? Oh, I have I have a sophisticated system, Nate. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm sure. You did know. you see how big? Did you see how big the cup was? Come on, <laughs> Nate. Did you see, you see how again? big the cup was? <laughs> I, li I like it. That's it's a uh, it's That's deceiving a to make it look like we have more patrons than we do. <laughs> anyway, the mystery patron who is no doubt sitting on the edge of their seat at this moment is one Danny Cooler or Color or something of that sort. I'm sure uh, Danny is really going to appreciate my mispronouncing mm -hmm. his name. <laughs> I just want to uh, say that, Danny, you couldn't be any cooler. Oh, oh, Chris. So just for a dollar a month, guys, uh, you could join our Patreon and uh, Tori could butcher your name in a random <laughs> and, episode and if you'd like. Chris could save the day by making a, a great and adorable Dynamite statement pun. about it. Beautiful pun. How it's long has uh, Dan been a patron? Da excuse me, Danny... Danny. It's written here, Danny. Danny. <laughs> no, yeah. We, now who's I'm the one butchering it? Warren. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to go. You guys can <laughs> handle this yourselves. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Danny has been a patron 
since January of this year, and we sure hey. do appreciate it here in September. Yeah, man. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, Danny, your, birthday, your Patreon birthday is coming up in a couple months, man. We've been through a hell of a year together, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we have. Oh, my God. The fact that you're still with us, Danny, says yeah, it dude. all through Thank all, all the of change. the butchered names, through all of the terrible puns. Oh, my God. The B-roll of my terrible comedy. We've also got that going. <laughs> well, that stuff's been A-roll <laughs> since we haven't put out any B-roll yet. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> So yeah, Danny, you're the man, dude. Thanks a ton. Uh, feel free to jump in on the Discord and we'll let's chat it out. What are your interests? I want to know more about you, my dude. So hop on in when the time comes. Chris, is there anything you'd like to do as far as a shout out before we get started? Yeah, um, I would like to actually just shout out to all the patrons and listeners because, uh, you know, we ran into a bit of a snafu with one of our recent releases and... Let's just say between, I think, the three hosts, we've bought two new computers oh this summer. So, after that significant investment, I think we're finally on the road to success. <laughs> and we Agreed. appreciate you being patient while we adapt to this situation. Yes, endless thank yous. Totally true. And before we get started, I do want to shout out that we will have a listener response episode at the end of our MGS3 season, which should be sometime in November. Any responses you want to send in, the good news is it can also include this particular spooky season. We're going to be talking about Oxenfree. We talk about The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. And we're going to have a fun extra episode drop for any listener that we have as far as spooky season is concerned feel free to send a listener response by october 31st and that way we have a chance to go through all of the listener responses and do a full episode dedicated to it october 31st is the end date and ideally send it to contact at metalgearmondays.com it is the easiest way for us to categorize and make some sort of progress with everybody because of how many different topics that may be there it's a little harder to social media them if we need to, but if you're and in the Discord, it's also line. super easy. Also, oh, if yes, you can. please do. <laughs> yeah, subject line would also be super helpful. But with that, today is an interesting day because it's my first Metal Gear Mondays without talking really about Metal Gear on a mainline. Finally, and I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, guys, I'm I'm excited to talk about something that's a little spooky. And I know my first unofficial episode was a spooky game, but it didn't feel as special because it was in May. And I want to actually understand and embrace the spooky season that is Halloween. And I think that we should pick a spooky game, but I try to be smart and not do something that's crazy developed with a crazy amount of lore and, and hours and hours and hours of gameplay. I want to do something small but effective, and I'm hoping that the four of us agree on that fact. But tonight we are going to talk about Oxenfree. So Oxenfree is a supernatural mystery graphic adventure. That's what they call it. They also refer to it as a walk and talk game, as opposed to a walking sim. This is published by Night School Studio. Now what makes Night School special is that Night School Studio was Sean Crankle and Adam Hines, who are cousins, but they were from Telltale Games, and Disney Interactive Studios. 
and they form together to make their own game. And I would argue that this may be one of the first walk and talk games is what they were going for. They are known to do a few other things. This is what this is literally their first release. So this is their debut game, which I would say is a pretty big achievement for this to be their first game. And they were pretty close to their timeline of release that they wanted to do. They've also made games out there. The biggest one that has come out recently is called After Party, which I'm not sure how anybody here would like that, but it's an adventure game set in hell. And hell is a college town where a player does, you know, navigates conversations like you would in this, but they can have drinking competitions with Satan and they have to <laughs> take two of their best friends from the afterlife and bring them back to I've done that the living before. realm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Hold up. Uh, <laughs> what now? Yeah, yeah. Drinking competitions with Satan. Oh, okay. You ever done that before? Um, Chris is from Tennessee. I, mean, I know the all... devil went down to Georgia, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't follow. He him. didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an ex-wife, so I've definitely done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get it. You understand. He's uh, there. He's well. Oh, he's well versed. Twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> 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 but. Yeah, I've played After Party, Warren. It's it's a oh, really nice. good game. Actually, my neighbor yes. recommended it to me. He was like, "You got to play this thing," and I was like, "It's just like walking and talking, man. Like that's this yeah. is a Destiny. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, it's I gotta say, man. So indie games are a hard sell sometimes, but what I do love is so this game, like on a on a long, comfortable playthrough, is a four hour game, maybe. Right. It is not a long play. And the intent is, is that you do have to pay attention, but it's something you can do in one or two sittings. And luckily, the price reflects that you don't pay 40, 50 dollars. You know, this is a five dollar game, sometimes 10 if you don't catch it on sale or it's free if you have Xbox. So this is something they just want people to experience. They are not invested at this point but it's enough for them to get moving. And I love it because I do love, I love like graphic adventure games. They're like 2D perspective, two and a half D. So it's like 3D characters walking on hand-drawn background maps. Like that's pretty common, but this is very special if you have it like on a big, you know, if you're playing on a Switch, which I did for this particular episode, on a small handheld mode, it was a little rough to uh, like get invested in the what's going on, but it was multiple times I'd played the game. So I'm not too... Uh, but hurt by that point. But again, what I do love about this is I do I do love Telltale games, but I specifically like like Wolf Among Us was like the, my favorite of all of those sort of games. And it does get a little frustrating where it's more like, okay, cutscenes are happening now. Pay attention to the dialogue. And that's very common in like Mass Effect. It's not just an indie game thing. But I do love the concept of a walk and talk mechanic. So the game is progressing, but you still have to pay attention to your relationship with the other characters. And you could choose to play as the character or you can sort of make them an avatar for yourself. So you may make a decision based on how you personally feel, which I'm very good. Personally, I can separate and I'm the character. So we play as Alex, who is, I guess, just your typical high school girl. We, she's had a lot go on, which I will will get into as we go through the story. But Alex is a teenager visiting the local island, and she's visiting Edward Island, where we go for, I guess, light a bonfire, get drunk, and go home. <laughs> I guess high school was so long ago for me, I don't remember. Is but we this had a, place. a ABC original series? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, if you're Ren, then you're you're going to be bringing an extra bag of goodies. Yeah, and you're going to have so multiple there's a little more to brownies. it than that. Oh my goodness! So, just at a start, we open up on the game, and we are on the ferry. We're making our way towards uh, Edwards Island. We basically get a quick little introduction to Jonas. Alex and Ren. So Alex is our main protagonist. She is who we are playing as. We're going to go through basically all of the story through her eyes. And she has a new stepbrother, which is Jonas, who's also new to school. And then we have Ren, who, despite his best efforts, does not want to be known as this, but he is like sort of your typical, let's get drunk, let's get high, let's enjoy the moment sort of a guy. And <laughs> we have our conversations and we are sort of instantly introduced to this walk and talk mechanic as well as we learn about the handheld radio where we start you have the option to tune the radio to sort of find different sort of frequencies that bring out certain things we also learn that this does an added feature later in the game how are we feeling about the introduction to our sort of first three players as well as the story at large and the gameplay how are we feeling about it guys yeah good um it, it was a little bit disconcerting. You'd, you'd sold this game to me as as being, you know, a, a character-driven um, game, like you say, very similar to the Telltale series of games. So I wasn't really knowing what I was getting myself into, really, because I've not played too much of the Telltale stuff. Um, but, you know, the characters were... I think this is a pretty serviceable little sort of intro. I don't think you get too much of anyone... Um, you don't get to know the characters too much at this point. They obviously, there's a weird conversation about what what relationship is between Jonas and and Alex. Um, even though right. I would have thought most people understand the concept of stepbrother, um, but sure. Uh, but uh, no, this this is good. I, I, instantly, I loved the the sort of the the, the appearance of the game um, and and the artistic work that was going into this. Cool, Tori. How do you feel about it? Agreed. Uh, I think the aesthetic of the game in general is what really pulled me in. Um, I It took me some time on my initial playthrough to, I don't know, uh, have any of the characters resonate with me or just feel like I connected to them at all. I think the thing that pulled me in to it the most was the music and the sound design. Sure. Um, just listening for it changing from your intro carefree fairy ride into an island. Uh, and then, you know, as we'll cover here pretty soon, you notice a, a pretty uh, distinct change, a pretty abrupt change in the, in the tone of the music. So I think mm, that was one of my favorite things. What do you got, Chris? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. For some reason, the game feels kind of floaty in a way that mm. you interact with it. And bear with me, okay? <laughs> this game reminds me of Pajama Sam. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> Wait, really? Chris. Like the so, gameplay so aspect of it. A, so... Yes. Just for it seems Agreed. based on our, our responses here, catch us up on Pajama Sam uh, for the listeners. Uh, Pajama Sam is like a I don't know, just like when you used to when you were a kid, like in grade school, third, fourth, 
second grade, somewhere around there. And you went to Staples and looked at the big box video <laughs> games. Cause like I, my first video game console was a IBM, uh, Alta Vita windows 95 machine. Nerd. <laughs> and, yeah, we, I played the shit out of some mecha warrior and cause it oh, came nice. in that big like disc bundle of like different okay, stuff. Yeah. But pajama Sam was in heretic, that. heretic and doom and yes, all those? of course exactly. doom was in there. Yeah. Uh, but so was Pajama Sam and Pajama Sam is like a, an educational game. This was like a big genre of like educational games for children and it would teach you things like colors, the color wheel and I don't know. Reading a, just a meter. Yeah, some like oh, reading <laughs> skills and like there was one I had called Math Blasters and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, I remember math, math Blasters. But you had to have played No Need to Hide when it's dark outside, though, right? I did not know. <gasps> okay, we have to talk about this later. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Pajama Sam is kind of a walkie-talkie game where you like collect items and have an inventory and solve puzzles. And this is kind of that, just that. It is. With some, Especially- like, you have to make decisions added. So almost like a choose your own adventure pajama sand yeah. game. Well, that's very sure. much what uh, No Need to Hide When It's Dark Outside is. God, I wish of of all the <laughs> games that you didn't play of Pajama Sam, this mm. is the one, huh? And of course, yeah, that classic Pajama Sam decision where you have to give up one of your friends to. <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic Pajama Sam Quote unquote con- you know, conflict, right? About, you know, when you're learning about math. <laughs> uh, they, I think they actually call it like Pajamian. so so yeah so the only thing i'll throw out there before we we move in so clearly we don't have to go through like beat by beat as far as everything the big thing is is there are some some massive decisions you have to make in the game and there are so many different outcomes and endings to this game that hopefully each one of us actually had something different um there is like sort of good bad not great you know they haven't broken down but there are multiple endings to the point where it is the uh, the odds are we may all have gotten a different ending which is nice the only thing i'll throw out there with the conversation mechanic in itself did any of it feel clunky to anyone as far as how it works so you obviously had sort of colored boxes so you would you know pick whatever based on your system you're playing you'd have left top right they were different colors and you would notice sort of like someone's head maybe pop up near you. Mm-hmm. And that would basically be the telltale equivalent of like, you know, Alex won't forget this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like something like that. Was that sort of obvious? At first? Did some people like catch themselves talking too early or maybe talking too late? So did it feel like a natural conversation of maybe you already know what you're going to respond to someone before they're done talking, but you have to wait to say something because you don't want to cut them off? Did anybody get that feel? Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't yeah, I didn't like the way that mechanic worked because it wasn't even consistent throughout the game because sometimes sometimes they'd be talking and I'd accidentally click the button maybe too soon, which would cut off what they were saying. So I I missed the end of their conversation. Right. Um but then you might do the same a bit later and it actually let them play out their conversation and then play theirs. And that, that annoyed me a little bit that there wasn't at least that level of consistency and that it wouldn't let you I appreciate what you're saying. This is a, uh, a, a was it a walk and talk game where yeah. you, where you can sort of keep playing while you're having these dialogue sessions. Um, but at the same time, because some of these decisions are big and you do need to pay attention to what they're saying, 
it's a bit annoying that they would allow there to be the system where you could completely cut off by accident um, and not give you necessarily the time because obviously you only get a certain amount of time to make some of these decisions. Right. Right. Yeah, very yeah. quick. Most people are used to twice as much time to talk. Yeah, and b- and by the so time you're, you're definitely right about that. By the time I read and thought, well, what am I going to decide? What am I going to actually choose of these three options? Sometimes it was too late and they were gone. Um, so I do feel that was a bit clunky. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So we take our characters, we land on the ferry, we make our way to the beach where we get to meet the rest of the crew, which we meet Clarissa, who is. By default, I guess, you know, a, a, a bitch <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Um, we learn much, you know, obviously why and that she's clearly not always that sort of person. And we get to meet Nona. And I guess we're, we also hear about Michael, which we learn is Alex's brother who had passed away sort of recently. Um, and we get a little bit of that backstory as we go. But basically, we have our quick little moment. Did anybody struggle or could be concerned when sort of Jonas wants to have a quick chat with Alex and Ren is just being the quipster that he is of, uh, you know, I know it's a horror game. So I, the first time I had played it where he's like, all right, I'm going to go off by myself. Nobody's going to come with me. I'm going to leave on my own. I'm just going to go see you. Did anybody <laughs> worry about any sort of conversation with that around? Oh, crap. Like, I actually have to. I want to keep us as a group or maybe not. Like, did anybody like get that vibe that that's what they're trying to establish? Because I guess that's what they were going for. Yeah, that was my initial uh, reaction to it, I suppose, was to just cut Jonas off immediately. And that's what I've I started the game over after my first playthrough. And for whatever reason, I decided to do that again, just because I don't know, this is like I'm about to get to the action of this game. I don't want to stop and have a chat with you right now. There's time for for character building later. Come on. Yeah. See, I I, I always liked Jonas a lot just because I don't I'm a single uh, child. I'm an only kid. I don't have any brothers or sisters. So I naturally gravitated towards like, well, we're supposed to like like each other, right? Like that's how this works. So, yeah, sure, bud. Who gives a fuck about my druggy friend? Like I'll chat with you all day if I have to. Um at least that's how I felt about it. But luckily it doesn't have like any ramifications. It's just more of letting you decide are you playing as yourself or are you playing as how you think so Alex what, should play. What does he bring up since I never triggered that conversation? So what is I like it about that? it is, is, and there's a few opportunities for this. So a lot of times we're going to talk about conversations or at least decisions you can make that basically you, you take, you make a choice where who you're going to be with for the next section of the game. Right. And a lot of times what it is, is it's building your relationship with that person. So with Jonas, it's just more as you go, you understand that he's, super he's supposed to be super important with you he's not michael he's not going to replace your brother but you should have a relationship with him and as we get through to the endings if you make a decision that maybe changes that there is a way that jonas is just the new kid in school because he's ren's friend but jonas doesn't leave the picture per se so and we'll we'll get into that um but no basically you learn a lot about other characters if you choose to you know based on who you choose to have some time with um, when we get to it, I liked I liked Nona a lot. Um, whether it was just I'm a fan of blue hair, or if it was just uh, I just really like I just I just like the friend of the friend a lot. She she just always wanted to just have a good time, and she was able to sort of tread the waters of bitchy Clarissa and the crew of people we bring to the island. So we are on the island, and we learn that just the five of them are there. Um, other other people got like busted at a party the previous week, or they. 
uh, don't take Ren seriously, so they lost his invite or any of that shit, which, again, is all done through pretty clever dialogue. But we get to the beach, and we get to a, a big bonfire where we play Truth or Slap, which I've never played Truth or Slap in my life. Um, I guess it's a better alternative to Truth or Dare. It just sort of forces you to have dialogue. Um, did anybody have any, and basically all they're doing here is just solidifying that Clarissa has a real problem with Alex and we start to learn a little bit about Michael and Alex's backstory. And we learn that Clarissa was actually dating Michael when he died. So there's a little bit of history there and it sort of does push some of the conversations forward and some of the character development forward. Truth or slap guys, before we get to the cave. Anybody have any fun with Truth or Slap? Did you call him out on lying about liking Nona or anything like that? I did. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> did you get the achievement for him getting slapped? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Slap him like he stole something? Yeah. Good. Good. Um, so, yeah. So, it's just, it's just a fun way to... What I did like about it is it is a nice way to learn a little bit about everybody. So... You can choose who you talk to to sort of ask them a question, and it does go around so you can learn a little bit about Ren, learn a little bit about Nona, Clarissa, yourself. Like you're able to make the choices of what I liked about it my first playthrough is we're starting to have conversations and they talk about Michael. And then just one of my responses was Michael was my brother. And I learned because that was one of my responses. And I was like, right. wait, what? That's my fucking brother? Like that's not wait, hold on. And then, of course, I missed my response. And I, me being quiet was actually in its own way of like, fuck, I, sorry, I didn't mean to bring up like a tough subject because you didn't want to talk about Michael right now. And I was like, shit. But yeah, I actually didn't want to talk about it because I don't fucking know anything. Like, thank you. Please <laughs> go into this a little more, please. Um, but we get to the cave. And again, some very standard traversal. Um, again, walk and talk is a bit of a, if you play on the switch with a touchscreen, it's literally point and click. You can click on the area of the map you want to go and it'll just huh. take you there, which was I very bet nice. this would be fun on a touchscreen. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Right. Yeah, it made it, it did make it a lot, um, a lot more fun. And I have a mm -hmm. third party switch case, so it can be on while it's on the TV. Made well, there's an iOS so version, easier. isn't there? Oh, I believe so. Yeah, this is on everything now. When it first came out, yeah. it was like super buggy on Steam and stuff. But yeah, now it's on everything. <laughs> What's not buggy on Steam? Anyway. <laughs> no kidding. Hello. <laughs> so we get to the da, cave. Da, and this da, is da, where da. this is where shit gets interesting. Uh, so we learned about our little our little transistor radio. And we have learned that on Edwards Island, if you go into the caves, you can tune into certain frequencies and something, quote unquote, happens. And you turn the dials, you start to realize, holy shit, if I do this, like something is up in the sky and it looks like a little triangle sort of spinning. And I do like where I'm, I see it. And then the characters are like, do you see that up there? You see that little triangle thing spinning? I'm like, oh, fuck, that's not like a toggle for me. That's this is in the game world, which I, I kind of enjoyed. And they make some quips about it. But when you tune in, you basically open up like a fucking rift, like a dimension like sort of portal thing which is really cool and i love the music and i love the sound design it does get a little loud so you might want to like kick on the subtitles because it is overwhelming but i think that's sort of the point so if you're not choosing to do that you why would you be paying attention to what your stoner friend is saying or what your new stepbrother is saying you're more concerned of like fuck there's a, a prism in the sky mm. getting fucking wild um so what do we think so far as we are now learning that it is way more than a couple of kids getting drunk on an island. 
I'll just say this. I, even with the prompt, I can't tell you how long it took me to notice the, the, the small triangle in the top of the screen. Even though, <laughs> the, even though the dialogue says, hey, what's that up there? I still couldn't find it. I still couldn't oh, see no. it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I don't know why. I had, I had triangle blindness for, for a, a couple of minutes. <laughs> Uh, it afflicts millions. <laughs> it really does. Please, do, please, <laughs> please donate now. This is just, yeah. This is just an awareness campaign. I just yeah. wanted to bring it up mid mid show. But um, but yeah. So yeah, Tori, what do you what do you think? So now we're starting to be like, oh shit, this may turn into, you know, more than just a teen comedy. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but this is where the sound design and the music really had me paying attention because this is you know I I knew walking into this this would be classified as a spooky game so i'm waiting for that that turn of it's not just kids sticking around it's kids about to find themselves in a whole lot of trouble um and i think i think that transition was handled really well by the narrative for one but also aesthetic change like the visual aesthetic change and the audio um i think this part was just i was very happy very pleased with this transition. Good. I agree. I think this is when I finally was like, oh, okay, I see why people like this game, like why this is doing it. I was a little late to the party when it first came out. I played it like maybe a year later, which was nice because no bugs. Um, but as we are talking about all this, we basically snap into, we're in a whole nother area now. And we awaken sort of at the foot of a tower and we're surrounded by an electrical fence. So we have to sort of get our bearings because we don't know what happened or where we're going. We're assuming it's something sort of dimensional. So now we, who knows where we are, what's going on. And we make our way to the the tower. And this is when we start to learn that, like I said, if you guys know anything about Metal Gear Mondays, we are not a walkthrough podcast as far as like, hey, this is how you find all the little things to get all the secret endings. We are not that. I like to discuss them at the end just because I know this is an older game. But there are, we learn about the hiker stacks, at least that's what we had called them in the Discord, where you sort of stack stones on top of each other on just like sort of a trail. Um, and it was funny that Chris had sent them when he went out. And I was like, dude, this just <laughs> reminds me of Oxenfree. Like, I don't know if you did that on purpose, but it was a nice visual to basically what we were doing in the game before you had played the game, which was nice. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so, great timing. So you can so you can find these hiker stacks, and basically, what you're expected to do is you turn the dial, and you can, you know, it, it helps you sort of unlock the secrets of the island. Like we're going to learn about the main story as we start to get through of what the fuck is going on. Why is there even a dimensional rift? Something like that. So we get to the radio tower, and we are with Ren as we are walking up, and we basically have to get ourselves together where we have to make a big choice we hear ren but we also hear clarissa and we find out clarissa's at another radio tower ren is nearby we know what's going on but how did everybody feel about making the decision do you think it like was it tough to decide i mean it was pretty obvious for me like i'd rather go after ren because clarissa was kind of a jerk to us um but did anybody have any other sort of qualms on what to do and when we get to it, it may have an effect on the outcome of the game when we go. So how'd everybody feel about that? Tori, what do you got? Yeah, no qualms. Pardon me, but fuck Clarissa. I know. They I think they, I think it's on purpose, but yeah, she is kinda she's just a bitch, man. I wouldn't no, like fell her. Into it. But yeah. 
I yeah. maybe we can talk about this later because I I wanted to my first playthrough was to give her a chance and to try and like her too, but uh, we could talk more about that later. But yeah, yeah for now, like, like known screw as it, like I'm a going doorway, known as like a doorway to that because they're friends, right? And they don't right. have a history with Michael and all this stuff. Nate, how about you? How, did you uh, have no problems leaving Clarissa in the uh, in the in the dust there? Oh no, I went I went for Clarissa. I I chose Clarissa. Nice. Yeah, I I th- I think I think at the time that I summed it up was she just sounded like she was in more distress than Ren, or that she sounded like her 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 situation was a little bit more pressing well, than Ren's. I agree. That's I don't, a nice read. I don't like Ren. Uh, sorry, I don't like Clarissa in, in, at this point by any means. Not saving her because I liked her as a character or anything like that. Um, there might have been a little bit of subconscious of I want to like her or I want the characters to, to to mend or maybe there's more of a story there than there is between Alex and Ren. I don't know at this point. Um, but no, yeah, I, I I chose I chose Clarissa at this point. Cool. So the good news is, is that basically it just sort of adjusts the gameplay. So you learn how you traverse the campgrounds. You, you know, you find yourself. What I do like about this is where they add an added piece to the gameplay. So you start to find these characters that are sort of possessed, right? They have their little flashy eyes and they have those dope fucking voices. But you also meet and you see that they have sort of these tape play machines, uh, like just based on the map. And they are. It's a pretty simple puzzle, but if anybody didn't know, because some people I had listened, especially back in 2016 and 2017, people just didn't understand that it's a tempo thing. So if the song plays at a certain tempo, you want to, you know, sort of roll your your stick to match the tempo and it helps. Uh, I guess that sort of unlocks the possession or whatever is going on. It sort of breaks the flow of time so that you understand what they're trying to do. And it sort of definitely progresses with certain pieces uh, based on certain characters with what's going on. Um, it's okay if some people were frustrated by that, but again, anything musical I'm already in. So they, they had already won me over with like, oh, I have to do things with like tape players. This is the best. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we then we find, I so I went with Ren. So that's part of why this can't be like a story focused because our choices affect the story. So I'll do my best to go as how I went through it. But basically we find Ren, we find Clarissa, and on our way to find Clarissa, we then get ourselves in a position where we learn about the the new radio. And you actually, if you want to traverse the town and sort of use all these other things you're finding out about, you can learn that we are now at a, a U.S. Army radio communication school. And it was like sort of a, a some sort of code thing. So this whole island used to be a military installation. And there was sort of a lot of civilians and a lot of military folk that were involved in whatever was going on in this island back when it wasn't uninhabited and became what it became. So we get Clarissa back. I would say that I didn't find it too much of a struggle with everything. I know there was a lot of find me here, maybe not here. Um, But with the new radio, you then have like sort of another ability where you can this is now you can tune in, you can start finding all the the fun stuff that we had talked about as far as like the extra stuff. And it does open up a lot of the backstory that I guess it could work against the game where you start to learn about the military installation and you start to learn about Maggie Adler, who was like the last known living person on this island and she had died only a few days prior. Um, so did anybody struggle with like, does it, did it matter to anyone? So like a Chris who is sort of, calling out like it's like an educational game. 
the, did the idea of you could just play through this and not give a shit about the quote unquote backstory or what makes it a little more interesting than just what Alex is literally doing? Or did that like seem like an added layer of like, oh shit, I kind of, I want to learn more about like what the fuck is going on, not just how do I get Alex out of this? Mm-hmm. Tori, what do you got? I tried to absorb every bit of information as I could. I was really tuned in to after you learn, I guess we're here at this point, right? Um, after you learn that you're dealing with ghosts on the island, yeah, and their uh, and their dialogue starts appearing down at the bottom of the screen. I was always trying to tune into that because they, and even uh, when you're looking for a specific code on the radio, if you tune into a frequency somewhere in between what you're looking for and where you start there will be little hints as to what's going on in the story. If you really mm-hmm. pay attention, I was looking for all of that. And there's a lot of Morse code going on here. I, I have, no, see, I've never known that, but I've, oh man. I'm not surprised. Yeah, to know there's that a there's lot. I'll get into layer. it without like getting too into it, but um, there's a lot of like hidden shit, which is what made this game sort of special when it first came out. Uh, Nate, how do you feel about sort of this extra stuff? Did you care about the sort of game or did you like the actual story within a story sort of thing going on here? Um, I think at this point, I'm sort of, you do with with the radio in particular, you do get a sense at this point in the game that there's a lot more going on, whether it's Easter eggs, whether it's actually part of the the, the story that you need to be tuning into to, to, to be right. fully aware of everything that's going on. I'm not sure what, what I was thinking at the time. Um but I, I think I got the sense that this was extracurricular stuff that I didn't necessarily need. And I was, unfortunately, I was probably, I, w- I wouldn't say I was checked out of the story by any means, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know if I'm at that stage where I want to listen to everything and find everything. I think sometimes the way it was delivered wasn't great because obviously one of the things they they introduced quite early in the game was that there was these spots all over the island where you could tune into the radio and you, it would be like a little history lesson about mm-hmm. what you're what you're looking at or whatever part. And I sort of tried to listen to a couple of those. And I was just like, it was, again, coming back to the, the clunkiness of the dialogue, these were playing at the same time that someone was talking. So I'm like... Sure. So I'm like, I, I'm, I can't really listen to both of these at the same time, so I'm not going to listen to you now. But equally, I'm not going to wait until I've had this conversation because some of these conversations go on for quite a long time. They They almost don't stop to, like, Give yeah, it f- full, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, sure. so, so I'm Definitely. not going to wait until the conversation's done because I don't know when it's going to be done and then go into essentially listen to this this sort of repeated message. So I think I think sure. that element, I wasn't sure. I was, I was glad that it wasn't necessary for the story. Like it, to some degree it is. I don't know if we've got to the point yet where we've got the, the, the game show element. If you will. I'm getting ready to, yeah. I'm going to swing uh, that to Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what you say. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I sort of wanted to, I wanted to enjoy that part of it, but I just, I, I, at the same time, I sort of wanted to get through the game more and it didn't seem important enough for me on a first playthrough to really dedicate sure. too much time to it. Sure. And that could also essentially be the replayability factor that some mm-hmm. people may have enjoyed where they're like, crap, I just played this. I didn't even realize there was a whole, I did, oh my God, I should have listened to those. Like that actually helps me in the future. Yeah. Like but I, what I do like that. Yeah, go ahead. As I was gonna say, I heard I heard the Morse code quite early, and I thought there's probably something there. If I if I actually took yeah. the time to jot down this Morse code, I'm sure there's something great yeah. there. But at the same time, I was like, 
oh, I don't know if I've got time to be messing around yeah. with <laughs> Morse code. Well, that's why, and that's why we have uh, Oxenfree Wiki and Steampowered.com and all that fun stuff. So, uh, so yeah. So, Chris, so how did you feel about it? Now, what I'll pitch to you is mm-hmm. by this point, I totally see where Nate's coming from, but I also see where Tori's coming from. Where I was a little bit more of like, by the time it was pitched to me, it was like, yo, the story within a story is actually kind of fun. So, if you want to get into that chime in so okay great so i sort of paid attention what i liked is by the time you get to i guess you now you've already had some conversations with ren you found clarissa you make your way to the chalkboard and you learn about like the handprints all over right and they sort of do like a hangman game which i love how creepy it was i love the idea of how they do sort of like that you know that that simple like like, we we are we don't don't think Thing. Like they, they, I love how they do that sort of like they don't actually like talk to you like you're a person. It's like a hive mind sort of discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you like how they at least put you in a position where you could have killed someone because you didn't choose to learn about the island and learn about all the stuff? How many people died in the the submarine, you know, incident that it occurred and and all the things like that? How did how did you feel about how that sort of played with your? emotions of like well you should have done a little bit more than just get here guy because you don't know the -hmm. real story of the island well i'll so i'll tell you two things uh to kind of preface my response to you warren here here Uh, we go so the type of fallout player that i am (laughs) is that i open every drawer i collect every item you know, like I, I am, I am a meticulous. I'm like, if, if there was like a third person, I would be like running around and I'm looking at like everything. You know, it's interesting based on your MGS3 gameplay in our episodes, Chris. I well, wouldn't call you that sort of. I'm player. also like a working man right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, thank God. But um, it's uh, yeah. If, if in case you've ever wondered, dear listeners, uh, keeping up with a a full-time job and a recording schedule and uh, balancing life outside of that is extremely difficult. And uh, we are just mere mortals. So <laughs> thank you for your graciousness. Twitter police. That's yeah. why I picked a three and a half hour game. But uh, <laughs> when I'm like playing a video game, I like to really just take my time to absorb mm-hmm. it and really live in it. Like, I played Fallout New Vegas and it took me two years to beat it. Fuck yeah. Fuck <laughs> but, yeah. Well, that's um, the best one too, so good call. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is the best one. Yeah. But uh so that's the first part. And I think they'll kind of signal like, oh yeah, that's how I played the game here. Uh but second, I feel like this game uh reminds me of also Twin Peaks in a way. Because sure. Mm-hmm. If you look at like the I would say the fan base of Twin Peaks there's this surface level of, oh, I've, I very much appreciate the aesthetic, but then there's a deeper level of like, I like the mystery that David mm-hmm. Lynch is presenting in the story, uh, like w- which is recognizing all of it, right? Like mm-hmm. the surface sure. level interaction of it, th- appreciating it for existing, right? Mm-hmm. But also being married to this much deeper level of gameplay that can exist in this game if you take your time to like, comb through all of the the mystery of it right sure so yeah there, i think there's levels to it 
there's levels to it, man. <laughs> but uh, I feel like once. Charlie right now on uh, It's Always Sunny, you know, where he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, with the meme. fucking, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. But I, I think that's to say, you know, um, this game really did kind of toy with my emotions a bit. It pulled mm. at the, it tugged at my old heartstrings once or twice. And I think that's because the storytelling and the dialogue was so effective and well written. Like Agreed. I would say it's like mother cool. three good. Yeah. Whoa. I, I think I, I think I, I sit on a, a point now where going back, there is such a thing as clunky, useless dialogue, like filler. And when you go through and touch every piece, you're like, Oh, this is to serve a purpose. So it's sort of, helps me understand what they want to do. So if it starts to sound like shitty rambling of a character I shouldn't be paying attention to, it's because I shouldn't be paying attention to it. Right. Um, I did not know that first playthrough, though. So I would <laughs> I would never sound like I was smarter than anyone needed me to be. Well, yeah, um, it's, it's interesting, too. On a first playthrough, the same, the same cue, the same visual cue is given for things that are in, integral to the story as is used for things that are just hey look at this here's here's a little bit of what alex thinks of this thing that's here right. so i mean similar to our issue with sometimes you can cut off other characters in their dialogue and sometimes you'll wait for them to finish i would have liked maybe um, a more distinct visual cue for things that were necessary perhaps versus sure. things that are just oh look at this thing yeah, I know what Which you mean by that. I think they could have achieved because, you know, they had a different visual cue entirely for the letters that you can pick up through the game. Right. And that's that's something we're going to get to shortly. So outside of, they obviously have like certain different levels. Like there's also like an I Spy game that you play with sort of the ghosts as we go. But as we decide that we go now to the estate, we learn about Maggie Adler. She had died only a few days prior and clearly she is the only living person that has a physical tie to the history of this island. Now, before we move into the literal history and how it sort of affects future uh, future bits in the game, the main other big choice that I want to discuss here is, well, there's two real big ones, but the one I want to talk about is when Ren and Jonas are sort of having their spat of like, you know, why are we following him? Because he's just, you know, on his second pot brownie. And he even lied to us about having multiple pot brownies. And the magic in his brownie was stronger than he remembered and all this shit. And they sort of have a fight. And Alex wants to bring someone into town with her. And you have a choice between the two of them and Nona. Who did we all pick when it came to who went in town with us? So I'll start with I decided on Nona. Did anybody else have a different decision than I did? Um, Nate, who'd you pick to bring with you to town? Uh, so I wanted to pick Nona. I was in I, I was in three minds and I was, I'm sitting there and I'm going, do I, who, I, I've spent obviously, I think, I don't know if you have a choice up to this point, but I'd obviously been with Jonas the entire time. Do we have a choice prior right. to this? I don't think so. Not but, really, no. but you have a choice to sort of just go through the game or at least okay. bond with Jonas more. You're having okay. conversations about, hey, this is when I was a kid and you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we get to this point and there's three choices and I'm thinking, and do you know what? I, I fancy a change at this point. Let's, let's go with one of the other two. And I couldn't decide who. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go with Nona just because it's a woman. It's a different relationship maybe than sure. a, a female-male one, even though it's a sibling thing, et cetera, et cetera. I thought I'll go with that. And unfortunately, I didn't get to press the button in time and it disappeared. And, oh. I think it, and it gave me Jonas by default. So I spent more time with Jonas. In right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wish that I'd... Um, 
I wish that I'd chosen Nona, but I got more. I got more Jonas time. Yeah, which is also it has its benefits. Yeah. Uh, Chris, who did you end up picking? I decided to stick with Jonas, uh, and because I, I was trying, I decided I was going to play matchmaker between. <laughs> there you go. Also, here, so. also an achievement. So good call. Yeah. So you wanted yes. to leave the two together to sort of because Ren. So something that really shouldn't matter because it's a haunted game, but Ren has a thing for Nona. And we want to try to make them a thing. So, yeah, Chris, go ahead. So, you pick Jonas. Yeah. And it's because you wanted to play Matchmaker. I love it. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Always thinking about others. Always thinking uh, about you others. You know, <laughs> I, like to put, I like putting people together. Yeah. He asked me to be on this podcast. Anyway, uh, Tori, how about you? Um, how did you? Who'd you end up picking? Uh, the first time I picked Nona merely because their fight the fight between Rin and Jonas was annoying to me and I yes. didn't want to hear any more of it. So yeah, let them fucking fight it out. Yeah, that was my, that was my angle there. But then I went back to play through again. And, um, one thing about my first playthrough was I inadvertently decided on, uh, Alex's behalf to get in the way of Rin and Nona. Um, I think I just, either I let the, the time run out and didn't select the right answer or I just for whatever reason decided to get in their way. So the second time I played through, uh, much like Chris, I wanted to play matchmaker and give Ren and Nona some time. So I took Jonas. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I took I chose to take Nona and at least for starters, it was more like I was a lot more interested in Nona, especially because at this point there was no Clarissa. We were still sort of finding her. She's always that fucking amazing moment of you find her and she jumps out of the fucking top floor oh of the God. building and like kills herself and you're chasing her down. Like that shit was really cool. And I love the idea. I was like, I want to learn more about Nona because I'll probably learn more about Clarissa is what I was hoping, mm -hmm. right? And you do. You learn that Nona was a dancer. Um, she sort of like is really passionate about it, but she just sort of uses it to get through school or whatever. And you learn about Clarissa. She was, you know, the best friend that remembered her birthday every year and would stay up late watching the movies that Nona likes. So you're like, shit, like this, this bitch, essentially, like she really, like she obviously went through something just like I did and I should probably fucking chill out. And maybe she's just going through it as well, because in some sort of dialogue, they sort of have a conversation about Clarissa and Michael. And she's like, she dated him for like two seconds like four years ago and Ren like chimes in like no it was for like a year and it was like a year and a half ago like they really cared about each other like fucking chill out I know you don't like her but maybe you have to sort of understand yourself which I, I sort of dug because sometimes you you know you, you're not really paying attention to everybody else around you at that point um, and I really I don't know I, I liked Nona a lot especially the pictures I like how they do that um, where that can sort of tell you the choices you've made based on the selfie you sort of take the Polaroid you took on the island. Um, so we are now talking. So Ren has the idea of like, well, we got to get back to the estate, right? So now we got to got We got to get to Maggie Adler's place. And if we had known what's going on, we have already learned that there was 85 people killed based on a wrong decision where the submarine was sort of sending a distress signal and they took the code breaker, misread the code and took it as an attack versus a distress signal. So they attacked the distress signal, killing 85 people in the process. Now, a little fun fact is that 12 of them were civilians and there are 12 anomalies on the island. So maybe there's a little something special there based on it. Now, the other big choice that I want to talk about before we can sort of have our fun with everything going on at the end is 
we are now having a lot of conversations with the quote unquote ghosts, right? They're toying with us. We're playing games. We have to learn about the trivia of the island. We have to do something. And we're sort of fighting back with them of like, what the hell are you? And I, I do love the dialogue of where they say like, uh, well, you call them time loops. Such a cute term, you say, time loops, like for you humans. And they say basically like, you know, like you can have a rough night or all, but like, can you imagine watching the universe die over and over and over again? Like we're fucking miserable. Like you have no idea what we've been through sort of a thing. And they basically give you a choice of, well, you can just give us Clarissa and this will all be over. You don't have to worry about anything. Uh, just one, you know, to, you know, don't, don't stress it. But if you just give us her, you, then, you know, that's enough for us. And we don't need her. We just want her just to have her. Uh, did anybody make that call to give up Clarissa? Chris, did you give up Clarissa? No, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't, that's nasty. Like it didn't, it felt, felt very be... grimy. I agree felt very grimy yeah you couldn't do that like even though clarissa's like sassy or whatever right uh, i'm not gonna give her to some ghosts fuck those <laughs> ghosts and then <laughs> and then what about you tori did you did you throw to the wolves no, as as much as I dislike her character throughout this game, I couldn't do that either on my on my initial playthrough. I have plans for the second. Good. And what about you, Nate? Did you give her up? I don't think you would. You don't strike me as someone that would. No, I I I I think I would on a replay, uh, just to just to see an alternate storyline, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, that wouldn't be my true feeling. Coming to like Chris saying about the type of Fallout player he is, when, when you get games where it's built on karma, I'm all, I always. I'm, I'm always going to play the hero. Um, You're a paragon. I think, yeah, that's, that's, I'm a paladin. That's the kind of guy I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm always going to choose the, the, the more righteous path, which is to, to save Clarissa. And I think that's where probably I and the character would, you know, come together. Sure, like, sure. I, think, I think Alex would make that decision as well. I don't think I'm necessarily going against what she's, um, against the type of character that Alex has been built up to be at this point. I mean, she's by no means yeah. super heroic. But I think she's a good person, and I don't think she would just give up someone just because she doesn't get on with them. Um, yeah, sure. So I, I, I totally agree. agree. If, if you're playing the character Alex, I, I would, I never would see Alex do that to anyone. Um, even on her worst day, I don't, no. I don't see that. It was not, not believable that she would have even done that um, ever, based on however playthrough it was. That was just my my understanding now when you play the game what's interesting is is later towards the end you're sort of asked with like well what did you do with clarissa like they sort of like ask you and you could actually be honest or lie either way and that how you tell people is what makes a dramatic effect on the story so if you chose to keep her and then you tell them that you traded clarissa for your lives the whole fucking crew is like what the fuck like it and it <laughs> changes a lot of your relationships with them later even if you didn't actually choose to trade clarissa and if wow. you choose to trade her, it doesn't actually, they don't take her. You actually are able to save her later in the game, much shorter, like, like super quickly. You're able to like basically interrupt their decision to take her, but you could still tell them that you didn't trade Clarissa for their lives and it doesn't affect because it's all about the relationship that they trust you on what you said because Clarissa clearly has no idea what's going on. She's in the state of suspended animation of dimension travel and, and things like that, which is pretty wild. Um, I do want to do a quick shout out to, um, I love how Nona, again, it's the little quirky stuff. Like she is just the cutest when she says like epiphany fields mm, and she like gosh. doesn't understand epiphany. And the only reason why I shout it out is because that song is so good. 
Um, and I know Tori had talked about it before, but Scientific is the guy that did the music for this, and it's Scientific mm -hmm. with no vowel, so it's S-E-N-T-F-S-C. Um, he's so good, and he was a very integral part of the creation of this game outside of just the development. And when we start to talk about that alternate reality game that was sort of attached to this, um, he actually was like he did his own little follow-up sort of video based on once everybody like a community found the ARG stuff and he wanted to include why it was so important to him and things like that but if you guys want to check it out he's done a few other games that are pretty of note I wish I had him right in front of me here but scientific is really good the music is really special in this game um, and it I just wanted the particular song that really stood out to me was epiphany fields I, re I really appreciate that music and they call it out technically in with known as little dialogue. So they like, I, li I like that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so we also learn a lot more about Michael. So the only other piece we really didn't talk about is as we are playing through with Alex through some of these characters, there are moments in the game where you are in your own time loop. So you begin to play the game, you wake up in an area and you sort of, the first one is you are like on the beach and you kick a soccer ball. And then it you know, replays and then you talk to Ren again or you talk to Jonas again and then kick the soccer ball and you have to learn what needs to be done moving forward. The one thing that's special about each of these situations is so if anybody didn't do it and we'll talk about it in a second, did anybody actually have like a sort of dialogue with the your own reflection in the water? So if you find a way to make it still, you can have a conversation with yourself and it has a username above so if any of your friends had played this game you actually see their username over their head telling you something in the game and it, there's multiple varieties of it the one that got for me was don't tell jonas to talk to his mother um it's not good for him good. and yeah so so nate did you i so said there's a few of these there's a few in the mirror um back at maggie's house there's a few of these we don't have to go into all of them individually but that was the one that stood out the most to me did you sort of notice that because you don't have to do them per se but did you actually see anything uh with like those reflections did they mean anything to you yeah so this this was obviously the first the first one you saw was i think i think it's when i went to find clarissa i think it was the first one i i, I saw and it was in the mirror, mm -hmm. um, and it was clear as day, and you could see like a username above it. But the, at the time it happens, you know, I don't know what this is. This this thing's just happened. I've walked past a mirror, and a, a weird reflection of Alex is there, and it's given me an option of things to say, um, or, or or it says it says to me, uh, uh, when the time comes, let Jonas go to his mother. Right. Um, and then so that's a, what it told you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But okay. At same, but at the same time, I saw this thing across the top, and it had like numbers in it as well. And I'm like, "What the hell is? What the hell does that mean?" But then you see other mm -hmm. ones later on, and it's got different usernames. So it's not necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily the same friend or right. whatever that's played this game each on each decision. And I got the idea of that because obviously, jumping ahead a little bit, we get to see that from the other side. Um, mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I wasn't sure what the relevance was. Was it is it is it is it intended to be just a nice little thing, or is it actually intended to make you make decisions? So what I'll I'll get to it towards the end, but basically we're gonna learn that there is like when you get to the real ending of this game, um, you learn that there is something that dramatically affects Alex versus everybody else if you make the tough call in this game as we go. Uh, Chris, sort of all these pieces with you have you see a reflection, you can have a conversation with sort of yourself. Um, did any of those sort of sway you 
in anything? Did it make any sense to you? Did it just have a random username? So like when I first played, I actually saw a friend of mine's username because they try to go with your friends list first if you know friends that have played this game on whatever community you play it on. So I actually saw a buddy of mine tell me, don't let Jonas talk to his mother. It's not good for him. So did yeah. that did that happen for you or did it make sense or was it crazy? Listen, I've played Dark Souls, okay? So <laughs> I'm not always going to follow the soapstone. Sure. And I'm going to carve my own path. So I wouldn't say that Brilliant. it... I I saw the trick and I recognized it. Okay. And appreciated it and then moved on. Okay. But I like it. It's clever. Yeah. Especially when we get to the ending, it'll it sort of ties in cuz not mm-hmm. like none of them are the wrong answer. Let's put it I that wish way. that more games would pick up on like, you know, yeah. using the kind of meta sphere of the gaming whatever in their gameplay, hint, hint, Death Stranding should let you have like mm-hmm. co-op with uh, your friends, I know, right? It makes no For real. fucking sense. <laughs> God, Kojima doesn't know how to make video games, am I right, guys? What a anyway, fuck Tori, up. A, let's, Tori. See, let's send him to clown college. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start an email chain right now, Kojima. Tori, how did you uh, how did you feel about did did it sort of sway you in any way? Did it like take in a back? Were you were you surprised by the, seeing this at all? Especially by the second or third time it sort of hits you? I, I can't say I was surprised really by much of anything that happened in the game. I will say I didn't really understand that it was other players um, because the first time I saw it, the uh, the username appears in green text and mm-hmm. the reflection, I can't remember if it was the water or the mirror at that point, but it, was, it wasn't clear. It was obscured enough to the to the point that I couldn't see that it was a username. So I didn't fully understand what was going on there, but I still saw the advice given and uh, just decided to disregard it because I wanted to play the game how I wanted to play, (laughs) you know? Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the best part. Um, So, yeah. So as we... We continue through the story, and again, we if you're playing as, as you'd like, you have everybody back, basically, and hopefully you've built good enough relationships with everybody based on your choices of protecting someone, saving someone. Um, again, you play Hangman, you play like uh, an I Spy sort of game, and you have to use your radio to connect the signals to stop them. Sometimes you find the character just sitting on a lamppost, right? Sometimes you can sit on a chair and be almost like possessed yourself, and to the point where the other characters that are not even... A, technically in the loop because alex catches herself in these loops if you do it five or six or seven times like jonas will be like we've done this before like they become aware because of just how obvious um things are going on and as you get towards the end you find yourself in a position where you are having your own flashbacks where you are having conversations with your dead brother michael um and the special thing about it is, one, you learn that they did have a great relationship, which I did enjoy. I was happy that what everybody thought about Alex and Mike was true, that they were just really good. And the piece that sort of Clarissa brings up is Michael was going to leave town essentially with Clarissa. They were in love and they were going to you know, chase their dream or whatever it was. Um, but you have a conversation with him and you basically told him, hey, let's go out for one last swim. So that we can, you know, before you leave and we'll, we'll figure it out. And you, he drowns that day and you couldn't save him as Alex. And that's why she is so broken up over it. And that's why Clarissa blames you 
essentially for what had gone on. Now, what's interesting is, is during these conversations with Michael, you can have that conversation with him about, hey, go chase your dream. Go, you know what, Clarissa, she seems like a good person. Do what you got to do. Or you can be selfish and say you should stay home. I think it's the safer bet. It's better for you long term, something like that. Are you guys aware that Michael can come back to life based on these decisions? Nate, uh, did you know that? I wasn't at the time. Um, I've since like watched uh, a video about this because I wanted to sort of do a bit of research because I didn't want to necessarily keep playing the game myself. I thought, I'd yeah, just of course, watch, you know, do some research and stuff. And yeah, it, 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 yeah, it made me aware of that, which is quite cool. I don't know how I feel about it in terms of the whole story, which we'll maybe get to. I don't know if we're going to do a summing up, but I'm ready. It, I'm ready to call that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like it as an idea. Um, it, it's it's a nice added bonus that you could actually sort of change your history, your destiny, whatever, um, especially given right. what a tragic event it was and how much it, it affected Alex, who by this point, you know, you've, I would imagine we've all come to like Alex as a character uh, and you want good yeah. things, you want good things for her. Um, and so if you've got an opportunity doing that, that's a nice added extra that you could potentially do. But at, at playing the game, no, I had no idea that this was possible. Right. Chris, what about you? Did you know you could save Michael, essentially, bring him back? I mean, I didn't really see this one coming as I was playing through the game. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it was, it's cool. Uh, I did know you could bring him back, though, and that, that affects the outcome that I had in the game. Okay. Tori, what about you? From your gesture, I guess you did not know that? I did not know. And yeah. to be honest, I'm, I don't know if I'm particularly interested in doing that. Um, just because of my personal thoughts and feelings going into the game and having experienced these uh, flashbacks that Alex gets to have with him. I will say it was, it was a heartbreaking sort of experience getting to have these, especially when you come to the final the final flashback if you didn't choose to bring him back it's uh it's a really heavy a lot of these can be really heavy moments yeah i think the big thing that, that surprised me with this one was a lot of this game the the vibe i sort of got was sort of you know you do you and that that's gonna come out with the best outcome right like as long as you are honest with yourself and honest with your friends that's gonna put you in a better spot with michael if you're selfish and tell him to stay and not follow his heart with Clarissa, then he dies if he goes with Clarissa. I was surprised that it was sort of the reversal, which definitely caught me because I figured, oh, tell him to, I told him to stay and come swim with me and he died. So go with Clarissa. I, you have my blessing. She seems like a sweetheart. I don't know enough about her, but I'm glad you care about her. I'm always here. And then he dies because <laughs> of that. Um, definitely got me i was like fuck you game like i was a little annoyed <laughs> but um but as far as the story goes um it is it is important what's interesting too is if you bring back michael you still have the ability to affect his relationship with Clarissa if you choose to bring him back so where they can come back and stay together or they can come back and Clarissa's out of the picture almost completely because she doesn't exist if you chose to Knock her out of some uh, gameplay. Her. Right. So you can literally have a moment of like, and nobody remembers Clarissa except me. And when the game ends, you can like talk to Ren and they're like, who? 
You're like, uh, Clarissa and Michael doesn't know who she is. Like, he's like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, she's never existed. It's not that she just vanishes. It's really fucking trippy, if I'm being honest. <sighs> um, so before we get to the ending and some of the other like extraneous stuff going on in our, our final thoughts, but, um, so the game has sort of, so the game has like 13 endings, if I'm being completely honest. There's a, there is a shit ton of endings. They are sort of roped into the good endings, the neutral endings, the bad endings, right? And then you have like the best ending. And then you have what now is understood as like, you know, hopefully any oxen free heads, you know, come at me if you need to. But the, the sort of true ending, right? So you have all the endings or whatever, but then there's one like real ending. Um, and that includes the ARG. Um which sort of helps you out, right? So you have options. So again, the good endings are Jonah and Alex can bond as siblings, right? They, you just get them closer. Ren and Nona start dating. Alex and Clarissa reconcile so they don't hate each other. Um, but you don't revive Michael, um, which is a good ending. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You, you learn and grow as a group of people that were involved in this decision and, you know, in this experience and you go through the neutral endings can have a bunch of different options. Obviously, you could be 50-50 with Jonas if he's sort of put to the side, but you're friends with everybody else. If Ren and Nona don't date, but you still like Jonas and Clarissa, that's sort of one of the things. Um, and then Nona and Jonas may have a relationship. If you make a choice there, they may fall in line together at some point. Um, if you don't reconcile with Clarissa, but everybody else likes you, uh, if you don't revive Michael, like there's a lot of different pieces that hit there. The bad ending is everybody hates you. Uh, you don't set, you don't sacrifice Clarissa, but they all think you did and you don't revive Michael. Basically nobody's a fan of you. And that's like the worst ending and it's for an achievement, but it sucks. The best ending would be Jonas is your new friend, your best friends, because Ren brought his new friend and you bond with, with Jonas. Now the good news is, is as the player, you are aware that he previously in a previous timeline was your brother. So you bring that to the table. Ren and Nona start dating. You revive Michael and he's with Clarissa is what they consider the quote unquote best ending, right? Because then everybody benefits. No one's at a loss at that point. Now, as you go through the game, so the only other piece we haven't really talked about is the nonsense, essentially, and the, the story behind the story. So we know about Maggie Adler and her, I guess, her lover. So she um, had a, I, I don't want to say wife because I don't want to speak out of term, but I, I took it as they were basically married. Um, and they work together or live together. And Maggie is the one who made the call to attack the submarine that fired the distress signal. So she is the reason why these people are quote unquote dead and now ghosts and all this stuff. So she has been spending her entire life dedicated to finding out what the hell's going on and trying to help, which is why you are now affected by it because she's dead. What's special, so we had talked about all of these these uh, Morse codes that were in, in, in the game as you hear them. Um, there are a lot of them, every single one, so I'm not gonna read all of them, but some of the biggest ones that stand out, if you do sort of take it, it's still here, cannot move, very cold, love Anna. So Anna, is using Morse code to reach out to her lost lover, Maggie, and Maggie has been doing this to save those lives and at least pass them on to the next one. So sometimes they're cut off. So at Fort Milner, the first one is getting scared, losing things, love, and it gets cut off. Sometimes it's now restores the world, deadest prey, uh, peace be now, be sure you have correct timing, 
do uh do you want to play like they have little ways that they do it the biggest one is you sort of learn that that's how they've been communicating and they are enveloped in the songs that are then brought into the game so if you chose to do more you are rewarded with way more story i mean i, I would say i would love to know that when i first played this game it had to do with the a, a old love couple from that timeline that were together and had to sort An of like live on the island. That's <laughs> oh, a great. I love it. Like that's what they are. That <laughs> that's all I know about them. I wish I knew more. They are Maggie died of old age and she had spent her life trying to you know find her lover and eventually save these other people as well because they are stuck in the suspended state of animation. And the special thing is is that you learn that seventy three of them were soldiers and twelve of them were not. That's where all the anomalies are because they have the ability to sort of reach out because they didn't accept death or whatever, however you want to, you know, interpret that. Um, so, yes, hopefully you guys didn't know about that. I was hoping that would be like a little little piece there. Um, I did want to add to your notes, Tori, that one of the ones is a secret message and the end credits. There is another one at the end and the message is ask a man about a dog. Ah, oh, thank um, goodness. And that's sort of how they they tie it in. So what I'll say is let's do a little roundup of how we felt about the game. And then I'll tie in the ARG and the the true ending of the game that is sort of canon now as it's been a, a few years since the game had come out. Tori, how did you feel about everything about this game? You can include since it wasn't very expensive. Does that help it become a better game or not? But um, we normally don't give ratings per se, but this is you know a one-off and I'd like to... Just see how we felt about it. Sure. Let's bring this old song and dance back. I'll give it um, 10 time loops out of uh, <laughs> out of creepy ghosts. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were very numerical with your response there. Chris, what you, did you think <laughs> of the game overall, though? And feel free to, you know, chime in. Yeah. Uh, so I think... It, it, it's a really good game. It's really charming. I think some of my frustrations were just like the interfacey clunkiness of parts of the game. Uh, but I think that the story and the heart of it was extremely well done. Like if they wanted to do a remaster of Oxenfree and like 6K or whatever the 6K. fucking PlayStation <laughs> 8 is going to have... All right, you whippersnappers. But um, yeah, I, I think if they were going to do that, I would offer the advice of, you know, clean up that gameplay a little bit. And yeah. and they, I will say they did not remaster it, but they did, they fixed almost all of the bugs, if not all of yeah. them. And they solidified this story behind the story because they learned that a lot of people were very invested in it. Mm -hmm. So they sort of found ways to tack it on for future gameplay. So if you had played it in 2016 and went back in 2018, it was worth it. Oh, it that's just cool. like, oh, this old game again. So a lot of the stuff I'm going to bring up is all post original release. They had it all ready to go, but they added it more to make it more available to the player that you could find a better way to get it, which was kind of cool. Nate, how did yeah. you how did you feel about this? I'm hoping it was an indie game. I recommended that you didn't hate because I'm I feel like I have a pretty good track <laughs> record. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think um, I don't think you've steered me wrong yet um no this this was good I, I can't i can't say that i fell in love with this game by any means um they're definitely more plus than negative i think you know the way it looks the way 
Um, the characters, although I didn't necessarily like the characters, I thought the characters were well developed and, and suited what they were there for. Um, the mm-hmm. dialogue, uh, the acting, all of these things, really great considering, like you say, this is a, this is a cheap game. This is not a AAA game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right. I think it's a game which, unlike a lot, obviously will benefit from a replay, but I don't know if it's a game I will ever replay. I, just, I don't know if I loved enough about it even though it's only four hours, I don't know if I'll ever feel like it's time to pick that up again. I think it's more, it's actually probably a game I'd be more interested to read about and watch things about and actually learn mm. about this, all of this stuff from someone else who's, who's got a lot more love for it than I currently have rather than me yeah. getting involved in actually, because there were times, I didn't say this, but there were, there were times where with the walk and talk aspect of it, I'm like, oh, okay, I've got to walk all mm. the way back there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, a I lot totally of verticality. Yeah, I know what you mean. Definitely. I do know what you mean. I'm very much. I'm very much a fast or... travel kind of guy when I play my games. And just sure, <laughs> yeah. Have, having to spend two minutes walking back from one place to another is far too long for sure. me. I haven't got that sort of time. Yeah. Well, then, then you. sometimes you have to uh, wait for them to finish speaking before you can move to the next part of the map, which I found rather annoying. A little clunky. Yeah. 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 It, it to kind of build off of what you were saying, Nate. I think the um, the the it's a deliberate choice to leave out the fast travel because part of the gameplay is this investigative. You have to pay attention to details to notice the clues and the anomalies, right? But on the other hand, there are parts of like a little bit of backtrackiness, a little bit of yeah walking over the same ground over and over again. And yeah. Yeah. if you were diligent the first time walking through, there's nothing that's like so hidden that you would miss it. Sure. Um, oh yeah, definitely. So, I think it's designed that you're not meticulous because they're well aware of the common gamer. At yeah. least that would be my, my send for them. You know what I mean? Like my cell for this game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I feel you on that. Throw, throw in a run button and maybe my my attitude changes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great idea actually. Just yeah, throw uh, in a throw in a Alex remembers mm-hmm. the whole conversation that I didn't have to hear again. Or no, <laughs> not even a run button. Just have like a, a dash. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, a, like yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I kept trying to make that happen with the space bar, but that's only for climbing right. and jumping. I guess. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think too, Tori, what you were saying about frustration with like having to stop and so on. One of the um, things that I felt when I was playing this game is that it you it encourages a play style that almost has you act as a director of a movie, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to mm-hmm. like direct the main character's actions in such a way that it does look fluid and like like it would be an animated film. So yeah, I guess Warren, I could see like why you would like this game a lot. Yeah, uh, in your auteur, <laughs> my, my history. Yeah, I know. Um, which is exactly where I will go with this. So, when you first played the game, and again, when they released it on PS4 and past Steam, they had done like a a brand new trailer, and there was a lot of crazy shit going on. And I'll, I'll get into that. So, if you listen to all of the other, um, when you listen to each, so like Station eighty nine nine, frequency ninety one five, things like that, they say things. You know, Able nine, Baker one, Charlie six, Dog nine, like they say these sort of things. They uh, so it's A nine B one. They go through all of the numbers, correlate to a phone number that you can call. 
in real life. So, and you can still call it now if I'm not mistaken, but it's 916-936-3733. And when I had first played this, I was pretty into that. Um, I couldn't believe that games still did this. Like, again, we're on the Metal Gear podcast here, and I lost my fucking mind when you had to actually look at the back of the box to find <laughs> out, you know, Merrill's code. In 1998 right. or whenever that game came out, like I, I that shit is like in, been ingrained in me to be like, if you tell me I have to also like in real time pay attention to what the fuck's going on to get more out of it without having to do anything else is pretty interesting to me. Um, mm -hmm. So if you call this number, which again, I have hopefully this isn't too choppy, but this is just a quick little snippet. Um, I had called it back in 2017 and here is the audio from that phone call. So Alex tells you, never go to the island. Um, and of course, you immediately go like, well, how the fuck do I do that? How do I make a decision where I can never go to the island? Like that, How's that even fucking possible? Like the game starts, you're on the boat to the island. Um, and when they released the PS4 version, they dropped a new trailer. And um, I'm a big fan of the YouTuber Jesse Cox. Um, he's the reason why I know about most of my horror games um, and a lot of these style games. He loves playing like Rusty Lakes and point and click adventures. He was very big into this particular game and had just, he, you know, he's popular enough. He's like a million subscribers for the longest time. Um, but he had sent out like, guys, I don't know what this is about, but I know it's special. He sent out the trailer, the new trailer. And if you screenshot it during one of the parts, it says like, hey, game will be released this date, yada, yada, yada. It blit it like glitches and certain letters turn red. And it basically is an anagram for www.edwardsisland.com. You go to edwardsisland.com and there's extra stuff you can find with other Morse code, things like that. And you learn that Fort Milner. Um, oh boy, what is Fort Milner? Why do I not have this in front of me like I thought I would? Um, Fort Milner is, I believe it's Tacoma. Um, and that was a real life. ARG to where you could go to a real place that they designed Fort Milner off of and they had something buried there based on the game in real life and it was a music box that you could find and when you play the music box which they ended up doing a whole video on and Jessica Cox was the reason why some of these people even did it um, you learn that there's another way to beat the game and what you can do is when you beat the game the best way you basically have to accept that Alex infinitely lives through the game every time you play the game anytime someone plays the game it's another loop in the game so there's no good ending right alex is still going to go back to the island and she's in a forever loop just like you were doing in the game so alex there's no ch there's no hope for anybody you're all caught in the loop because you're all technically affected outside of alex who doesn't turn into the ghost per se but she's also experiencing the loops and they sort of call her out like hey you went all weird for a couple seconds there is everything okay what you can do is the, the the leave possible ending, um, you find out, you play through, you break the cycle, you escape the never-ending loop, and you show up at the end. It's all a certain series of, of decisions you can make, and you end up back when they talked about buying snacks earlier. 
and you are Alex. It's Alex, Ren, and Jonas at the shop. And Alex is sort of like, oh, my phone's ringing. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. She tries to pick it up, and it's that exact message that we heard. Alex, this is Alex. Do not go to the island. And you can make a choice to never go to the island, thus saving everybody. But if you really think about it, everybody but Alex. So Alex sacrifices herself to save everybody else because she's going to forever be in the loop no matter what. But if she doesn't go to the island, nobody else gets caught in it either. Which I thought was pretty fucking cool. Um, and it's a little next level. Um, and again, anybody, the thing I like about it is, is anybody can sort of take whatever ending you want. But if you keep digging, you learn that basically Alex doesn't come out of this in any way, shape or form good. Um, she either sacrifices herself or she infinitely lives through on because again, we learn through the reflections that other people playing this game, you actually get to choose, Hey, Jonah shouldn't talk to his mom. Uh, Jonah should do this. Michael should go with Clarissa. You are actually making those choices. So every time you play the game, you learn that someone else is putting her back into the loop. So she never gets out of the loop ever unless you choose to just basically stop playing the game and she doesn't go to the island, which I thought was pretty cool. So that's hopefully like, that wasn't too heady or fucking, whoa. you know, bullshit <laughs> of like, this is bigger than you think, man. But I don't know. I fucking loved it when I was, you know, four or five when I played what four years ago or three years ago when I played it. I thought that was fucking brilliant idea. And again, all you had to do was if you wanted to keep playing, you learn this. You're, you're not required to. Um, you could get a perfectly good experience out of it without doing any of this. Mm -hmm. But this is part of why this game made it to my Maybe we should do it for the show because I you think know, in there's a, way, a lot more there. Uh, when I, I would say in a way, it's like uh, the player, like us, mm -hmm. through this that in that journey of investigation is in their own loop because you have to keep playing the game, right? Out of the sense of like to complete it, yeah, completely, yep. definitely. And the only way to really complete it is to just stop playing it. Yep. And it's not the only game to do that, but it really was the first one to really <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Two focus That's on that. Metal Gear Solid Two was another crazy. one too. Yeah, like there 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 are very rare of them, and now they're mm. all over the place. Doki Doki Literature Club, like they're like the new thing is like, oh, the game's playing you, man. Um, <laughs> oh, and it's and it's Milner is Ward. Now I have it in front of me. So Fort Ward in Washington. Um, mm. is what this was based on. And if you went to Fort Warden, Washington, um, you were able to do that. And you found a box with letters from Alex, uh, a music box. Um, and Scientifics put his whole thing about designing the box um, and why it plays the song it plays and things like that. Um, this game has had like a long life through stuff, but this is like how it sits now because they've, you know, let the game sort of settle. And this is what the game is now. And they've moved on to, you know, potentially bigger and better things. Um so hopefully you guys liked that. Um, hopefully this wasn't a waste of time for you guys and the community. <laughs> I, I love this game. Uh, I'm the one who sort of pitched this. And uh, the good news is if you guys, um, by the time this is released, we had already had done it. But in the Discord, Nate, we're actually going to be doing a playthrough of this game. Okay. Um, a full over playthrough for the whole community to just watch. And it's it, we're just going to do a live stream of the whole game um, just in case someone doesn't have the ability to to play it before we mm. talk about it because um, you do not have to play the game you can just experience it just like anybody else to get the full effect of what this is um, 
I think that's but what any I'm last... I was, I was Yeah, say, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I, I, even though I didn't necessarily give it the best review of, of, of the game, I think I, I still appreciate the amount of time, energy, effort that's gone into this game. I mean, this is not just some company that's just, you know, crapped out a game and not really thought about it. They've clearly thought about every avenue of this. And, you know, right. I, I, sure. whatever my personal feelings of playing this game are, I can still sit here and appreciate that this is a well-crafted, well-put-together game. And, and all that stuff, all that ARG, all of those extra things, you can just go, man, that's that's a level of dedication that you sort of wish some of the AAA games had. Um, no yeah, kidding. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very much a mark for AAA games, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I, I, yeah. do, rec- I do recognise that companies like this will put so much more into the game um, that, that, that you just can't imagine coming from a, from a bigger budget thing. Sure. Oh, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, Tori, Chris, before I do our little outro and we'll uh, do some plug-in and all that, you guys have any last words you want to add in or anything? Go ahead, Tori. Uh, oh, I, yeah, no, I just wanted to say I, I really enjoyed playing this game. I'm glad you submitted it for Smooky uh, Smooky Month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think I think the replayability is enough for me to jump back in. Obviously, I've already started the game over again, but I'm interested in selecting some other options just to see how it would change things, um, even after we had a chance to talk about it here. So, yes, good good submission, Warren. Thanks. All right, Chris, what do you got? Well, so I I get a little different take because I've played two games now that you've you've made me play. Uh, <laughs> oh, true, that's right, that's right. Because yeah. I made you play so, uh, Observer, yeah. I, well, I think what I so what I'll say specifically about Oxenfree is um, it it's a really fun game. Uh, it's a one and done for me. I won't be revisiting it. Uh, but I think that's because I got the experience that I was supposed to get out of it, you know? And yeah, I feel good about walking away from it. I like the ending I got. So, and yeah, I would say on the scale of Warren Minix indie games that I've played. Mm. Oh, this is good. I would put Oxen free over observer. Interesting. Whoa. I like I like right. this game more than Observer. Chris doesn't we'll like scary games that much, though. We'll have to talk about that in some more <laughs> detail True. later. Yeah, I would like to is know. That, is that a large of part of it? Well, I felt like the story was a little bit better crafted and clear fair. in Oxenfree, and, and I appreciated that more. Sure. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Also, the relation, like I, I feel that relationships between characters are a much more compelling story narrative than just like a person's fever dream. Right. Sure. Oh yeah, I believe that, and I think a part of uh, Observer is also the what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. factor of it. It's is totally part of an the, experiential thing. Yeah. I th- yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd recommend Observer for you, Nate, per se. I think you'd enjoy it, but it wouldn't be of the games we've had like pretty good discussions about and stuff I like to recommend for you. Um, I don't know if Observer hits those boxes per se. It's not a bad game by any means. Um, but like most of the stuff, like we've talked about like Play Dead Games and Gris um, and like just some of these other ones that sort of are 
beautiful world design and just sort of like learning a little bit about yourself whereas observer takes place like blade runner adjacent and it's fucking dark and gritty and scary and cyberpunk shit you know what i mean it's not really a, a nate game if i were to i know my audience let's put it that way why do I feel? Like, why do I feel like I've been offended? Why do I feel like you're you're, you're oh, criticizing never. my taste somehow? I would never do that, sir. Never, never, never. <laughs> um, so yeah, guys. So that wraps up another episode of Metal Gear Monday's Revengeance. And again, this is a spooky season that we're going to drop in addition to our regular episodes. So don't worry, you're still going to hear uh, at this point Metal Gear Solid Three. Um, Wherever you guys download us, please give us a rate and review if you have the opportunity. It does go a long way with the almighty algorithm. You can check us out on Patreon at Metal Gear Mondays uh, for just a buck a month. You can get in on our Discord. A little bit more than that, you can get show notes, which we do make it a point to be very meticulous with, so it is a worthy reward. Uh, you can get extra merch now that we've had thrown in there through Patreon, which is super beneficial. And you can get shout outs on the podcast. There's a lot of stuff we can do there. Um, if you want to learn about uh, previous hosts, you can go to MetalGearMondays.com as well and find ways to contact them. I'd recommend the Discord is probably the best way to talk to us. We are there daily. Um, other than that, Tori, where can they find you on the internets? You can find me on the social media platforms at Young Neil. That's Y-N-G-N-E-I-L. Yes. <laughs> what about you Chris y'all can find me in 2035 playing the Playstation 9 uh, <laughs> edition of Observer VR there you go but on the internet I guess you could find me at Chris Hampton II or <laughs> on the discord uh, I'll say, Nate, I'll go before you, so I'll let you give a little plug-in for your stuff. Uh, you can find me at Warren Minix on the social medias, if not Untaggable Gamer on any of the gamer stuff, even though I don't like to be tagged, hence the name. Uh, I'm also in a band, Spooky Forest. You can check us out at Spooky Forest Band. That would be fantastic if you guys give a listen. And shout out to everybody that has given me feedback, whether it be good or bad, I still appreciate it. You guys are the fucking best. Nate. Outside of where people can find you on the internet, please feel free to go in. Um, since you got to do a little bit of a Dyson Desire in the beginning, would you like to at least uh, call out MJ uh, for Fruit Review UK and you know mock him openly here? And I'll allow that. Uh, no, it's it's less fun when he can't hear it directly. Oh, it's, that's true. It's, it's much better when it's to his face. Um, but yeah, it's uh, obviously if you want to if you if you want to find me personally, I'm probably the best place to get me is on Twitter. At Nate F R U K, um, but I'm pretty much more or less almost dedicated to the Dyson Desire Twitter um, hand at the moment. I seem to spend most of my time on there at the moment because, like I say, it's a, it's a great community, and so I'm spending a lot of time on there. So find almost certainly I'll be there in some capacity, retweeting other people uh, and making whatever snappy little comments that I feel that I can. Nice. All right, yeah, guys, so thanks again for another episode of Metal Gear Monday's Revengeance, and I think it is time to let her rip, Jack. <laughs>